Welcome to the True North Podcast. This podcast is about navigating through today's culture in the direction that lands at the heart of God. Let's go! Come and behold him. Isn't he fascinating? Isn't he captivating? Thank you, Jesus. Have you ever been fascinated by something before? You ever, you know, the best way, the, the, the way you know you're fascinated with something is you can't take your eyes off of it. You know, I'm, before we get spiritually, just in the natural. You know, you ever seen something that's just, you ever seen, a, I remember <clears throat> on our honeymoon, the first, first time that I could remember ever really seeing the ocean. And I remember just standing on our loft of our little hotel room, little hotel suite, and just staring out. I was fascinated with the fact that you can't see the end. If you've ever, if you've ever had the privilege of looking, if you're not, I encourage you to go look, go go to a beach to where you can see the ocean. I mean, just it was, it, it, I was, I was in awe. And I'm like, there's no way that you can tell me that there's no God. There's no way that you can tell me that be- this beautiful scenery just popped out of nowhere. See, you know you're fascinated with something when you can't take your eyes off of it. And maybe not just physical eyes, but it, 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 you're, you're the, your mind's eye or the eyes of your heart. It's something that you keep thinking about. Even as you're going about your day, you're working or you're driving, and it's in the back of your mind. You, you get lost in space. That's where that phrase comes from. You get lost in space when we think when we, you're fascinated with something. When you're fascinated with something, when you're fascinated with someone, I remember. I remember the first time I seen Kelsey. I was fascinated with her. How did I know I was fascinated with her? I couldn't stop thinking about her, and like I would try to discredit it, be like, "Oh, she lives in Virginia. Ain't, ain't, ain't Lindsay? You never been to Virginia? You ain't never gonna go to Virginia. Go home, go to work, do my thing, hang out with my roommate. But as I'm working, as I'm flipping pizzas, I'm thinking about this blonde-haired, blue-eyed girl that I seen at church." I'm like, Lord, oh well. And see, when you're fascinated with something, your actions will follow. When we sing, uh, oh, come and behold him. I'm getting ahead of my notes, but that word behold means to fit your eyes upon. Come and fit your eyes upon Jesus. Well, Lindsay, we can't physically see Jesus. No, we can't. So what, are we, so what eyes are we talking about? We're talking about the eyes of your heart. We're talking about your mind's eye. We're talking about every, 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 every thought that consumes you. If it's not Jesus, put it on the shelf. And let's fix our eyes upon Jesus. Why? Because he's fascinating. Why? Because he's captivating. Get lost in his majesty. You know, in, in this world, we, we're not given, the, uh, we're not given the, the, the luxury of getting lost in something. But in Jesus, you are. Jesus, you are, you are given the invitation to get lost in him, lost in him. In fact, he says, what? Take my yoke upon you. For it's easy and light. How many times do we pray for just, Lord, just give me one easy day. Lord, just give me one easy hour. Lord, let this job be, Lord, I just, you know how I feel today. Lord, let it be easy. To, Lord, I just need, Lord, just, I, I need an easy day. Don't worry about tomorrow, Lord, I just, today, make today easy. Lord, make paying these bills easy. 
Lord, may, may being an adult easy. May being a parent easy. May being a spouse easy. May, Lord, just, just when Jesus is like, hey, hey, yes, you may be going through something. But my invitation isn't just, you're asking for one day, one hour, just, just for one glimpse. And Jesus is saying, what I have is bigger than a glimpse. Get lost in me. Get lost in me, church. Amen. Amen. We started our series this, this last Sunday, brand new year, talking about water to wine. Just to recap, but the Lord told me that he wants to take this collective. Somebody put your hand over your chest and say, me. me. He wants to take this collective from water to wine. Last year, we focused on being people of communion, and we still are going to continue to be people of communion as this year unfolds. But we, we, we're, uh, what he's really calling us to be is go from water to wine, amen? amen? From water to wine. Hallelujah, from water to wine. And, you know, we said last week, the big premise of last week was when Jesus... Literally, if, if you weren't here last week, I definitely encourage you to go back and listen to the podcast. And even if you weren't, go back and listen to it. There are several times I'll go back and listen to old messages, not because I don't have anything else to do, not because I'm bored, not because I like to hear myself, because actually I don't like hearing my own voice, if I'm being, to be honest. But I go back and listen because there's, there's, there's truth in it. There's, there's the Holy Spirit. There's, the Holy Spirit teaches us. And, I, and I'm trying to gain something, not so I can gain head knowledge, but so I can gain heart knowledge, so I can learn how, to, how, how I can live right. Amen? Amen. See, right believing leads, leads to right living. And the only way you're going to believe right is if you're pouring the word into you, if you're allowing the Holy Spirit to show you that he is fascinating. Amen? But well, we said it last week how Jesus said that uh, the Father will not pour new wine into old wineskins. Why? Because the old wineskins can't contain it. And we said last week that all that, literally what Jesus was talking about, there's two, there's two mindsets when it comes to the believer. There's the old wine and the new wine. Old wine has nothing to do with age, has nothing to do with the year, year you was born, has nothing to do with if you, if you prefer vinyl versus digital downloads. No, what old wine has to do with is a mindset. Old wine is a dependency on tradition. Old wine is a dependency on, I've always, I've done it this way. I'm comfortable this way. We're just going to rock with it. When new wine, Jesus is like, hey, your dependency should not be in the process. Your dependency should not be in the method. Your dependency, here's what Jesus was really getting at. Your dependency is not supposed to be in your performance. Because guess what? We, hey, I'll be honest, on on the physical aspect, oh man, we was, we was singing this morning. We was worshiping every, I mean, I mean, if there was, I mean, even the cats outside, they was like, they was catching the Holy Ghost probably. I mean, we, the, it was pouring through. I don't, I don't know if there's any meow cats out there. There might be, might be a straight one or something. But on the physical aspect, we was going in. But guess what? You know, come tomorrow, you may not, you may, you may try to press in and it may not resemble this. That's right. It may not resemble this. And then you're like, oh, I guess, you know, I guess, I guess yeah, woe is me. Or I guess, you know. I guess God's trying to teach me something. No, 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 because that, that's, that's old wine thinking. Thinking that, okay, you know, well, my performance wasn't as what it was on Sunday, so therefore I shouldn't expect God to do what he does for me. That's thinking with a old wine mindset. When Jesus is saying, oh, no, new wine doesn't base my relationship off of my performance. Your relationship with Jesus is not based off your performance. It's based off of his performance. Amen. You weren't the one that went to the cross. He was. You wasn't the one that split the Red Seas and delivered the nation of Israel. He was. You, you're not the fourth man in the fire. Because right. if you're just in the fire, you're going to burn up. Amen. But with that fourth man, what that fourth man do? What that fourth man do, church? 
Mm. Shalabala. I'm, I'm feeling it this morning. But we said, you know, that it's two types of mindsets. And, and today I want to talk about beholding Jesus. Amen. Amen. See, we, we set you up good. We set you up with every song. Y'all don't know by now. With every song, it's leading up to something. But to, in order to go from water to wine, you have to know how to behold Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you have a Bible, we're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 14 through 18. I'm going to read 14 through 17 in the Passion Translation. And then I put verse 18 in the English Standard Version, just because verse 18 uses a different terminology that I want to uh, focus on today. But we're talking about going from water to wine. In verse 14, Paul says this. He says, their minds were... <clears throat> Yeah, but they're right. Their minds were closed and hardened, for even to this day that that same veil comes over their minds when they hear the words of the former covenant. Now, now Paul is talking about when uh, you know the the strength of the former covenant was performance and striving and trying harder. If you if you can keep every standard, if you can keep every rule, if you can keep every law, then you are rewarded for that. So he said that there are still people that have put their trust in that. Therefore, it, those that put their trust in that, it's like them having a veil over their eyes. You know, if you ever, you know, uh, you know, don't try this. Please don't try this. Don't try this. You know, get in your car, start it up. Then, then just put your hand over your eyes and put it in drive. That, that's what Paul is saying, right? There's people that are trusting their life based off of their performance, but they don't realize that they're covering, they are blind as they're doing this. So the veil has not yet been lifted from them, for it is only eliminated when one is joined to the Messiah, Jesus. So until now, whenever the Old Testament is being read, the same blinding comes over their hearts. But the moment one turns to the Lord with an open heart, I like that, with an open heart. You got to have an open heart when it comes to this. You got to have an open heart. You got to have an open heart. If you don't get anything this morning, you got to have an open heart. Somebody say open heart. open heart. Open heart. The veil is lifted as the and they see. And watch this in verse 17. Now the Lord I'm referring to is the Holy Spirit. And wherever he is Lord, there is freedom. Now watch verse 18. Here's where the key verse today. <clears throat> Come and behold him. No, you're good. Verse 18 says this. And we all, somebody say me. Me. We all with unveiled face beholding, there's the word, beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the spirit. Somebody say the word behold. behold. So I said it earlier, you know, behold is to literally fit your eyes upon. Fit your eyes upon. To see with attention, to observe with care. Just, you know, the reason this sounds familiar is not just because we kind of touched on it last week. But also because the Lord has been bringing this up. The Lord has been bringing us up to this, this point and not just this point. This isn't the destination, but there's so much more for us. But the reason that definition sounds so familiar, you know why? Do you know why? I'm getting like my mom. Do you know why? I'm getting like Kelsey with the boys. You know why? It sounds a lot like to gaze upon the Lord. There's that, there's that word again. Y'all know I can, I can tear up that word to gaze Gazing at a sunset, gazing at, uh, well, you know, you only gaze at something that's fascinating, which is why we sung that. But to behold Jesus is to gaze upon Jesus. Amen? Amen. To gaze upon Jesus. 
I want to read it in the mirror in the mirror study Bible. And you know what? I actually typed it out and put it in there so you so you don't just have to blindly be like, oh, what's Lindsay reading? But in the mirror study Bible, it's a lot, but I promise. Woo! Hallelujah. Lindsay, slow down. You can do this. Now in verse 18. It says this, now we all with new understanding see ourselves in Jesus as in a mirror. Hey, let's break that down for a minute. We, somebody say me. me. We all see ourselves, uh, we with new understanding see ourselves in him or see ourselves in Jesus as in a mirror. The same way you look at a mirror and see your reflection. I feel like there's a Disney song that talks about that. I can't think. It's, it's like the nerd part of me is, is going there, but I'm, I'm fighting it. I'm fighting it. But, yeah, I was thinking it was Pocahontas. But, okay. but, uh, but as you see yourself in the, like in the mirror, the reflection, when you look, Paul is saying that you were supposed to, the same effect has, is to be had when we look at Jesus. When we look at Jesus, well, Lindsay, I can't, I can't physically see him. No, you can't physically see him. That's why we have the word. That's why we can look at the word and say, okay, Lord, hey, I, I, I'm, what, what did you promise me again? I, if I give you my yoke, I can take your yoke and it's, and it's easy. And, oh, there, okay, Lord, show me, show me how to do that. Or, or better yet, we, we get lost in his majesty. You seclude yourself away from everybody. You turn the TV off. You fast and pray, and we'll get into that in a minute. And you, and you get lost in his majesty. You get lost in, in his presence. You literally, okay, Lord. All right, I'm gonna give you this. I'm gonna give you this time. Yesterday morning, I was, you know, I was, uh, I was, I was thinking about this message, and it was right before work. I um, uh, got up early, trying to pray, and I fell into the old wine mindset because I'm sitting in the room, I'm, I'm praying, I'm, I'm, I'm trying, I'm fighting, I'm, I'm gritting my teeth a little bit, and, and I'm not feeling anything. And I'm like, ah. Oh. But all I could think about in the back of my mind was work. I could hear the rain hitting the house, so I'm thinking about what the roads are going to be like. I'm thinking about the smell of wet cardboard. Listen, until you do my job, the smell of wet cardboard, it's a thing, and it's not cool. <laughs> I'm thinking about, okay, well, if it's raining hard enough, certain, I'm thinking about certain animals, how they're not going to be out, so that's going to be not. I'm thinking, I'm thinking about these things in the back of my mind. And the Lord, showed, the Lord told me this. said, Lindsay, you're trying to behold me, but what and you're doing it wrong because what you think beholding is by you just you're just trying all your might just ah focus on Jesus focus on Jesus focus on Jesus and really you're beholding on your job, you're gazing upon your job. How are you beholding upon your job? Because it's what you're thinking in the back of your mind. That's the that's the undercurrent. And I'm like, so that's what beholding looks like. Yes, the undercurrent, that thing that you can't get out of your head, that thing that you're constantly thinking about. That's what, you're, that's what you're gazing upon. Here's the question, church. What are we gazing upon? Or are we gazing upon, man, I don't have enough money to make it this, this month. Are we gazing upon, man, I'm doing the same thing I did last year. Or are, are we gazing upon, you know, I'm still single. Or, or, or you know, yeah, I, I'm booed up, booed up. I mean, like, what are we gazing upon? What are we gazing upon? Not saying any of those things are bad, but at the end of the day, you can tell what you're gazing upon by, uh, by focusing on what's the undercurrent. What's the river that's constantly flowing? May not be my primary, primary thought, but it's the one that, that doesn't leave. You ever had a song stuck in your head? Yeah, you, you know, be working, you'd be doing whatever, driving, folding laundry, and eventually whatever you're doing, that song comes about. That song comes back. Amen? Amen. 
The same should be said about us and Jesus, us focusing on Jesus, that no matter what we're doing, we can be pumping gas, pumping gas, and we're looking at the, and we're looking at the price, and, and you know, Lord, this, I don't like paying this price, but it could be worse. Thank you, Jesus. Walking in the grocery store. Man, they ain't got this item. But you know what? I ain't as bad off as I, as I could be. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Or going to work. Man, Lord, I don't want to do this. You know this one person. You know this one coworker. Oh, but you know what, Lord? Thank you I have a job. Amen. That, that's what beholding looks like, that you can take every element and find Jesus. And I remember when we was in Bible college. I'm getting off. I remember we was in Bible college my freshman year. Me, my friend T, uh, my friend Victor, we used to love to play this game. This is this is when you know you're too churched. All right, this is when you know you're too church. We used to play. I don't. We never had a title for it or an actual label for it, but we'll just say um, we'll we'll just say uh, the pre the preaching preaching and everything. There we go. We'll say preaching and everything. And, you know, one person throw up a throw just a random thing. And you know, for example, like uh, I remember, <laughs> I remember this one time. Even Pastor Craig was like, "Really?" You know, he was kind of taken back. He was a little impressed, but also he was like, "You're a little too churchy." But he lost his car keys. And, uh, you know, he'd come out of the little office. He's like, hey, students, you know, I've lost, if you've seen a pair of car keys, you know, let me know those are mine. Bring them to me. Da, da, da. And in the, moment, in the moment, me, T, and Victor were playing this game. And, uh, and I said, hey, car keys, keys, go. And, and uh, T was like, keys, keys, keys. He's like, you lost your car keys. You've lost these keys to, to something that's temporal. But I, I tell you about Jesus that can bring you keys to the kingdom. You know, we used to play that kind of game. Just take anything and just preach it. I mean, it was it was super fun. But ultimately, the premise of it, besides the joke, the premise of it was, can you see Jesus in all things? Can you see Jesus in all things? Amen. Let me finish this verse. I, I, I ain't even finished it. So the days of window shopping are over. In him, every face is unveiled. In Jesus, you're, there's no veil upon you. Engazing, there's that word, engazing with wonder at the blueprint of God displayed in human form. Jesus, if you didn't know that, Jesus is the blueprint of God in human form. The Bible says that he's the incarnation. He's, we've talked about it before on Christmas, on our Christmas service. We've talked about how that carne, meat, literally flesh, he's the incarnation. He is, he is flesh wrapped around, the, around God in the form of humans, in the form of man. He is us, Amen. But the, the author says that engaging with wonder at the blueprint of God displayed in human form, a.k.a. Jesus, we suddenly realize that, watch this, we are looking into a mirror where every feature of his image articulated in Christ is reflected within us. The spirit of the Lord engineers this radical transformation. We are led from an inferior mindset to the revealed endorsement of our authentic identity. Shoo, that's a bar. That's a lot of bars. It's good. It's good. Amen. amen. Somebody say, behold him. Behold. See, uh, you know, beholding Jesus leads to metamorphosis, a.k.a. transformation. That word transformation in the Greek is metamorpho. It's where we get metamorphosis. You know, and anytime I think about the word metamorphosis, you know, I, I think of the, the process that a uh, caterpillar goes into a butterfly. You ever thought about this before? A couple years ago, I got the chance to preach to preach just that. But listen, the science has proven that the same DNA that's in a butterfly is in a caterpillar when it's born. Ah, let that marinate for a minute. Let it mar marinate for a minute. Let me say it again. Science has proven that the same DNA that is in a butterfly is in a caterpillar. So think about it this way. 
When it's born, it's born externally looking like a caterpillar, but inwardly resembling a butterfly. When it's born, it's born externally resembling a caterpillar, but inwardly it's born resembling a butterfly. For us, we are born externally looking like our parents, but inwardly we have the image of God. Inwardly we look like Jesus. Inwardly we are image bearers. We are Christ's image bearers. We bear the image of God. We bear the image of God. We bear the image of Jesus Christ. Amen? So listen to this. When the time is right, if you, if you haven't studied this out, you know, I'm going to save you some time. You don't have to go find a documentary. I'm a, I'm a, we're going to give you the cliff notes. But when a caterpillar is, is in the, process of, in the uh, process of metamorphosis, literally when the time is right, a caterpillar will go find a branch to hang upside down, and it will hang upside down in the form of a J. Praise God. When I taught this to the kids, they were like, oh. Now I'm like, oh, y'all know. I think one of those, oh, Pastor Lee's about to preach it up. I'm like, you right. You right. Peter, John, Jacob, you right. I'm about to preach that out, you know. <laughs> but isn't God, you know, uh, and I remember when I preached it, I, I got to do this in an adult service. And I remember having everybody, I was like, when I said that, I said, the caterpillar hangs from the branch in the form of Jay. I said, look at your neighbor and say, God's so slick with it. And they were like, God's so slick with it. You know, a few of them were like, oh. And I said, you know why God's so slick? I was like, somebody asked me why. Why is God so slick? And somebody's like, why is God? I mean, yeah, I'm having to pull teeth with them. But, you know, I think it's just interesting in the fact that this caterpillar, when it's time to come, become what it was meant to become, it secludes itself away from all of its environment, away from the noise, away from the other caterpillars, away from all the haters, away from all the lovers, away from all the, all the, all the conveniences. All the delicacies sound kind of familiar, huh? And it hangs on a branch in the form of a J. Now, I love this because, you know, it's not ironic that it hangs in the, in the, in the form of the letter J because it's a reminder, it's God's reminder that there was another J that hung on a T that because of what he did, there's transform- transformation bubbles up within us. Amen. Transformation awakens within us. His image and likeness, it awakens within us. Amen. This caterpillar hangs on the, it hangs on a branch. Ah, hangs on a branch. I didn't even catch that one. That's a nice little, nice little Easter egg too. Hangs on a branch. Ah, ooh, if I had an organ, y'all, y'all be, a, y'all be up a, up a creek without a paddle. <laughs> caterpillar hanging on a branch in the form of a J. Who else you know that hung on some wood? Start with the letter J. To, uh, to invoke transformation within you. Why? Because guess what? You have been called to bear his image on your job. You've been called to bear his image in the workplace. You've been called to bear his image at school. You've been called to bear his image at the family reunions. You've been called to bear his image at the grocery store. You've been called to bear. How, Lindsay, how do you know I've been called to bear? Walk in the grocery store and tell me how many smiles you see. Well, you don't, how, walk, walk, at the water, walk up in the water company and see how many smiles you see. That's proof you need to start bearing his image. You need, I'm a, <laughs> ooh, that's proof right there. Why? Because we live in a world where everybody is so bogged down with their inferior thoughts. And we, unfortunately, we as the church, we do this. We are bogged down with our inferior thoughts. Amen? 
See, let me say this, with veiled faces, now with unveiled faces, we are gazing at the glory of the Lord as a mirror and metaphor and metamorpho or metamorphosis. It happens, it's, it's an image and likeness of God that awakens within us. It's the image and likeness that waits within us. But once the, once the caterpillar, once it's hanging upside down in the form of a J off a, off a, a wooden tree branch, science says that inside its body, inside its body is a crystallite and it forms, which is the outer shell of a cocoon. So within it forms the outer shell of the cocoon. Now check this out. This is good. This is good. This is good. And as what's inside of it is forming, at the same time, the outer skin is falling off. As what's in it is starting to form, the outer skin is falling off. The outer skin is falling. See, all transformation is, I wrote this down, all transformation is, is image and likening awakening within us. All transformation is, is transformation is image and likeness awakening within you. When we say, Jesus, transform me. We used to sing that song years ago. You know, transform me to your, to your, oh Lord, take my heart and mold it. Take my mind, transform it. All we're saying is, Lord, let your image and your likeness, let it awaken within me. Let it awaken within me. You, you, you ever, you know, you ever watch those, I don't watch a whole lot of animal documentaries and stuff like that, but you ever, you know, obviously you think I would since I know about the caterpillar. That, that's one time, so. One shot, you know, one hit wonder. But you ever watch, you ever watch that uh, uh, animal? I remember when we was in Kwood, we'd somehow know they showed us the birth of a of a cow. It was oh my lord, it was something. It was something. I blame mom and dad. They put me in that school, so hey. <laughs> but I remember, like you know, the and even uh, even the calf, you know, it's struggling or whatever. You ever you ever seen the calf? It's the legs are struggling, but finally, when it realizes that it can walk. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't just, oh, I can walk now, I walk. No, when it finally gets its strength, it runs. It run, it doesn't walk. When it finally realizes what it can do, it takes off. That's what transformation looks like in Jesus. When you finally realize that you are the beloved of God, when you finally realize that you are a child of God, when you finally realize that all these inferior thoughts, they are false. The opposite is true. You can run. You can run. You can run, Amen. I, I I heard I heard one one believer say when when it's like Trent, when you finally realize whose you are, you can charge hell with the water pistol. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm gonna go that far. I'm gonna take the fourth man with me. But when you find oh when you finally realize who you are in God, no chains hold you, no chains hold you, no chains hold you. When you finally realize that you got a lion in front of you, hey, when you finally realize you got a lion behind you and on both sides of you, no matter what rumor is said, don't, uh, if, <laughs> if in the physical room, if there is a lion in front of me after I had to change clothes, but if there is a lion on each side, uh, you can say, I'll be, what's up, y'all? Hey, Lindsay, you hear what they said? Nah, you, look what I got. Look who's defending me. Look who's protecting me. The Lamb of God loving you ferociously like a lion. Ferociously like a lion. The Lamb of God defending you ferociously like a lion. The Lamb of God making sure that all things work out for your good ferociously like a lion. How do I know? 
Why? Because he invites us to behold him and see how fascinating he is. See how captivating he is. Amen. So really transformation, it's, it's image and likeness awakening within you. So inside the caterpillar, you know, what, what's inside of it is, is forming the outer, as what's inside of it is forming the outer skin is shed. That's one of the reasons that we fast. See, we're, that's one of the reasons that we're doing the 21 days of prayer and fasting, not because we're trying to convince God to do something, because fasting doesn't move God. And the fact that the caterpillar goes and secludes himself away and, you know, and the, the you know, the, 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 in, the inward parts are starting to come out. The outer skin is shed. Doesn't convince, doesn't convince the creator to be like, make him a butterfly. Jesus. See, he can't, he can't be a butterfly without the outer skin shedding. Mm-hmm. We couldn't be, we couldn't receive new wine without the flesh of Jesus being shed on the cross. If the flesh of Jesus had to be shed on the cross, what makes you think that, okay, if I'm, if I'm going to behold Jesus, I can do it while I'm watching Netflix? What makes you think you can behold Jesus while you're testing it up? What makes you think you can behold Jesus when we're, you know, when we, when we are eating red velvet cake and drinking coffee whenever we want, eating tacos and nachos and sushi whenever we want? What makes you think you can gaze and find Jesus fascinating when you're booed up? When it's just you and him, him and you. None of those things are bad, but you got to think about it. Okay, if I'm going to gaze upon Jesus, there's some things on that outwardness of me that's got to that's shed a little bit. Doesn't mean that they doesn't mean that you you and your relationship go away. Doesn't mean you totally get rid of Netflix. I mean, unless you're trying to save money, you can do that. Don't mean you got to get rid of red velvet cake and never eat that. Trust me, I'll never tell you that. Don't mean you, can never, you never need to drink coffee again. i never tell you that. I, I ain't going to tell you a lie, okay? I ain't going to lie to you. <laughs> but what I will tell you is, if you're going to follow Jesus with all that you got, there are some things that you're going to say, okay, Lord, for a season, I'm going to put these things down. Not because it's convincing you, but I need, I, I need the image and likeness that you placed in me before the foundations of the world. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4. The image and likeness that you have created me in. I need that to awaken. Why? Because my job is crazy. I need that to awaken. Why? Because the economy is not stable. I need that to awaken. Why? Because I wrestle with insecurities. Or I need that to awaken. Why? Because you placed me on a job where there's people that need to see you, that need to feel you, that need to hear you and don't know it. Lord, I need that image and likeness to awaken so I can be all that you have created me to be. Amen? Amen. That's what transformation looks like. Transformation looks like you fasting. Looks like you praying. Notice how I keep saying fasting and prayer. You know, I I heard this truth. mm, It's 22. Four years ago. Four years ago. I heard this truth. Not Kings 4, so five. Heard it five years ago. That unless unless you're including prayer with the fast, it's just a diet. If you're not including fair or prayer with the fast, then you're just dieting. You're not, you're not fasting. That's right. Well, you know, because it's so easy for us to focus on fasting that, you know, when, you know, when we wake up in the morning, oh, Lord, just, Lord, help me get through this fast. And then we go, go the rest of the day. And we, never, we never converse with God again. But we think we're fasting when really all you're doing is just dieting. Dieting and having a 30-second conversation with God. Not even a conversation, just a 30-second monologue. 
in order for it to be truly what your soul needs, you got you got to pray. I'm not saying you got to spend two or three hours just laid upon the horns of the altar. <laughs> what I'm saying is you got to you got to make that a priority. Just as, look, best way to describe it. Best way to describe it is when when you are when it, for those that are fasting. Let's let's say it's coffee because I, I know I can crunch my old toes on that. But if you're fasting coffee, that moment that you're craving it, you know, or or you're working, and you're getting sleepy. Oh man, I just wish I had some coffee. In that moment. You have to say, okay, you know, oh, man, I wish I had some coffee. But, Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you can do for me what coffee never could do. I receive it right now. Lord, I receive full clarity in my mind right now. Lord, I receive full alertness in my mind. I bind fatigue right now off of my body. Lord, I thank you for equipping Lord, I thank you for re-equipping my muscles. My, I mean, go down the list, my muscles, my bones, my knees, my like every fiber within me. Lord, right now, Lord, as I am seeking you by giving up coffee. Lord, I thank you that you're not going to leave me empty-handed. Thank you, Lord. And it may listen. It may not. It may not work the first time. After the first couple minutes, you still may be sleepy. Do it all over again. Lord, I thank you for equipping my body right now. I thank you for equipping my physical body. I thank you for full clarity. Lord, I thank you that this headache goes. I thank you that this, uh, that this migraine goes. Lord, I thank you that I can work at the full capacity. Lord, I think I can work better than I ever worked before. A couple minutes later, the headache may come back. Do it all over again. Amen. Do it all over again. Amen. Do it all over again. Do it all over again. Do it all until until it becomes second nature, until the point that you don't even see the headache. You don't. You're not beholding the headache. All you can see is Jesus. All you can see is His image coming up through. All you can see is His patience, and you and you echo in His patience. All you can see that you're echoing His empathy. All you can see is that you are echoing uh, uh, His assurance within the Father, and you don't need anybody else to co-sign and give you applauses, give you accreditation, give you accommodations. You are solely secure in knowing that I am the beloved of God, and if you love me, you love me. If you hate me, it's okay. Why? Because I'm the beloved of God, and I am good. I'm right with God, and He is right with me. Why? Because of the J hanging on a tee giving me transformation in my life and that's what it looks like new wine being and that's when new wine can be poured into this wine skin that you see in the mirror otherwise you're gonna you're gonna rely on the old ways you're gonna rely on yourself you're gonna rely on what you bring to the table you're gonna rely on what you think you could do and jesus is we said it last week a lot of our prayers a lot of times we think okay you know, God, why, why these prayers been answered? Why, why isn't this changed? Why does it still look the same? And Jesus is like, I want to, but I can't pour new wine in all wineskins. Otherwise, the wineskin will bust and it's all a waste. Yes. You know, for those that drink coffee, whew, man, my flesh, my flesh is pulling today. Every analogy is coffee. Coffee, red velvet cake. Bless, bless my heart. Y'all pray for the boy. <laughs> and I don't eat red velvet cake every day. I say like I do, but I just, when we get it, Jesus. Yeah. Listen, I will say this. Uh, whenever the last time, oh, when we did last Sunday, when we did the the, the dinner after church, Cohen liked red velvet cake. Cohen, Cohen liked it. I was like, my boy, my boy, you better be like your father. You better be it. You better be it. <laughs> I will say this. Let me move on. I will say this. While you're fasting, the only way you're going to make it through it the only way you're going to make it through fasting, the only way you're going to make it through this life is by beholding Jesus. 
by gazing upon Jesus, by locking, as the song says, by locking eyes with him, seeing your reflection and feeling his affection. Otherwise, you will not make the full 21 days. Otherwise, you will not make the full 21 days. You won't make it this year. If you're not gazing upon Jesus, if you're not taking time to behold Jesus, if you're not taking time to gaze upon him, fortunately, church, you will crash and burn out if you if you behold anyone or anything that is not Jesus. I'm going to say this again. You will crash and burn out if you behold anyone or anything that is not Jesus. Doesn't mean you can't have a significant other. Doesn't mean you can't have shows that you like. Doesn't mean that you can't go to certain places and travel to all that. But if you put... If you put the expect, expect, expectations, excuse me, if you put the expectations on people on this side of her that are only reserved for God, you'll be disappointed every time. Amen. You'll be disappointed every time. Amen? Amen. Let me close with this. Let me reread verse 18 in the ESV. Paul says this. He says, and we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed we say in the Greek that word is metamorpho. We're being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. I said all that to say this. So it, it, we become like Jesus by beholding him. That's, that's what Paul said. Literally, with, uh, with the unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, we're being transformed into the same image. Whose image? Jesus. You want to be like Jesus? Behold him. Gaze upon him. That's why we, that's why we sang the song. I mean, it's, it's, it's that simple. But Lindsay, what is, what, why, why, why do we need to behold him? Because there's more. You're, there's so much more for you. Than your current status right now. There's so much more, and I'm not saying that your current status is bad. I'm not saying your current job is bad. I'm not saying your current, uh, your, the vehicle you drive. No, what I'm saying is, when it comes to you, Jeez. when it comes to God, God has never created one single thing that has one single purpose, just one purpose. Everything he creates has multiple purposes, yes. multiple purposes. He didn't just create the sun to shine light upon the earth. No, the sun, yes, it shines light upon the earth. The sun is exactly what every fruit and vegetable needs in order to grow. The sun is exactly what every tree and plant needs to grow. The sun melts the ice so you can drive on the road. The sun, the sun dries up the ground when it's too, and after, after the rainstorms. The sun does so much. The sun illuminates. In fact, the sun also, there's, a, there's an amount of sun that your body needs in order to be what your body is supposed to be. There's not one single thing that God has only given one purpose to. But unfortunately, us as humans, the most intricate thing that he's created, we settle for, uh, we settle for, maybe, maybe, maybe this is my, maybe this is where I'm supposed to be. We settle for the maybes. And this church, we're not doing that anymore. We're not settling for the maybes. We are not settling for the maybes. He did, Jesus didn't get on the cross, um, you know, Maybe. He didn't take the stripes on his back for a maybe. He didn't, he didn't leave heaven. And in the form of a child, in the form of a baby, being born in a barn for a maybe we'll do this. No, the Bible says that he plunged into our darkness as us. 
living the same life that we live, going through the same temptations that we go through. He fasted. He knows what it's like to go without food. This, these next 21 days starting today, every time you, man, God, how am I supposed to do this? Remind yourself, oh, Jesus, get, you know how to do this, Lord. And then, and then end it with this, show me how to do what you did, Jesus. Lord, show me how to do what you did, Jesus. I don't need to know how the pastor down the street did it. I don't need to know how, how this person did it or that person did it. Lord, I need you to show me how to do it. Because you are the champion. You are the undisputed, undefeated champion. Heavyweight champion of the world. Winds and waves say wait when he says weather wait. Listen, he knows how to do it. So therefore, behold him. Lord, behold him. That's why we're saying that. Come and behold him. Come and look. Don't look at everything that you've been looking at. Stop looking at all these different things and just look upon him. Look upon him. Somebody say, look upon him. Look upon him. <clears throat> Beholding Jesus. Let me, can I teach you how to behold Jesus? Yes. I promise I'm almost done. Beholding Jesus looks like Cohen. You know what Cohen, you know what Cohen can do? Cohen can take a baby. When, he, when he's done with his food, he'll take the baby wipe. He did it at Granny's. He's done it at our house. He'll take that baby and he'll wipe the table off. He just wipes it to the floor. <laughs> wipes all the crap. But he knows that, okay, done. Clean the table. He wipes it off. He'll throw it in the trash. If, if he sneezes, issue, issue. He knows he needs a, a tissue. And if you give him the wipe, he'll wipe it. He doesn't do good, but he wipes it. Now, why does he know to do this? He knows to do these things, not because me and Kelsey sat down and gave him a Montessori lesson. We didn't sit down and say, okay, Cohen, when you are done, son, you need to wipe your table. You need to sweep it up. If you let him, he'll go get the broom and he'll try to sweep it up. You got to be careful because he'll knock you in the head with it too. <laughs> And so, yeah. But he knows to do these things. Why? Because he is beheld. He has watched his mother or father do it. He's watched his brothers wipe down the table. He's watched his, listen, Cohen, he, he drops the plate. But I said, one time I said, Cohen, throw your plate away. He puts up the plate. Waddles over to the trash can. Daddy, daddy. And I, okay, I lift it up. And he turned it upside down into the trash can, which we had taught his brothers. We taught his brothers to do that. We didn't teach Cohen to do How does he know? Because he's beheld. He's, watch this. He's beheld the ones that he shares DNA with. Amen. He's watched his parents do these things. He's watched his brothers do He's watched his grandparents do these things. He's watched his great-grandparents do what he, and because he's watched them, he is echoing what he sees. That's beholding Jesus. Looking and saying, okay, Lord, you didn't say a, 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 you didn't say a bad word when they mouthed you. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to hold my tongue. Lord, you didn't get revenge when they said you were lying. You didn't get revenge when they laughed at you and said you couldn't be God. You didn't get revenge when they questioned your authority. Okay, Lord, so I'm, I'm not going to be petty. Okay, Lord, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to. Okay, Lord. You know what, uh, you know what Lord? <laughs> On the cross, Jesus didn't look at all of them and say, this is for you. This is for you. This is for you. This, you over there, this one's for you. Yes. He looked straight ahead. Yes. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 says that. He looked straight ahead because behold, he, be, ooh, ah, he beheld the joy of you knowing him. Yes. He endured the cross. Yes. I forgot about that verse. He beheld 
the joy of you. The joy of you. It didn't say he beheld the happiness of you. He beheld the joy. Joy is satisfaction. Unending satisfaction. He was satisfied with you. He endured the cross. Lord, you were satisfied even in your, even in your toughest time. You still found satisfaction? Okay, Lord, I'm going to find satisfaction even in my toughest times. That's what beholding looks like. Where we look at Jesus and we, and we mirror what we do. Or we mirror what we see him do. And listen, to go from water to wine, this is what it's going to take. It's going to take us moving past ourselves. It's going to take us moving past our flesh. It's going to, make, it's going to take us moving past what's convenient and saying, okay, Lord, what do you want to do? Lord, you want me to stay home this weekend? <sighs> okay, Jesus, I'm going to do it. But you know what, Lord? I'm going to seek you while I'm doing it. I'm a, I'm a, I'm, Lord, I'm going to think about you so much until, until my head hurts. And he's going to be like, great. Your head ain't going to hurt. Why? Because my, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Lord, what do you want? What do you want me to do? Lord, you want me to turn TV off this weekend? Lord, you know it's the playoffs. Or All Star Weekend's coming up. Lord, really? Okay, Lord, I'm gonna do it. But I'm gonna look at you so much. I'm gonna gaze upon you. I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read your word. I'm gonna spend so much time with you until all I can see is you. Until when I walk out and the kids are acting crazy, I just start quoting you. Or when I go on my job and they aren't being kind to me, I'm just going to quote you. I'm just going to, I'm just going to sing songs and melodies from my heart. Or when I, get to the, when I get to the grocery store and the price is elevated more than I want to pay, I'm just going to be like, Lord, thank you so much for providing. You know I need these things. You know what, Lord, show me the things I don't need. Put them back on the shelf. And, Lord, I thank you for providing anyway. Beholding Jesus looks like us gazing upon him and then reflecting what we see. Reflecting what, he, what we see. So while we're saying there's, there's a part in the pre-course of that song, to see you, to see you rightly. To see you rightly. Just as you are, just as you are. The reason that we, we're saying that to see you rightly, why? Because unfortunately we live in a world where our inferior thoughts are bogging us down. It's like I said earlier. A lot of times we let our inferior thoughts be the lens in which we see God through. A lot of times we let our inferior thoughts, you know what inferior thoughts are? Every thought that tells you that you're not worth it. Every thought that tells you that you don't deserve what you truly deserve. Or watch this, every thought that tells you, man, you deserve the worst. You don't deserve to have friends. You don't deserve to be healed. You don't, the church don't deserve to grow. Every thought that's a lie. And unfortunately, a lot of times as Christians, we, we live our life through an inferior thought lens. But in the mirror translation, there's a part where it literally said the spirit of the Lord, the Holy Spirit engineers radical transformation, which we are led from an inferior mindset. We are led from an inferior mindset. So if we're led away from an inferior mindset, what's left? Authentic identity. The way you was created from the very beginning. There's a there's a there's a version of you. And I, I, I didn't even read this. I'm going to read something the Lord told me two weeks ago. Or actually last week. There's a version of you that is not insecure. There's a version of you that doesn't need somebody to clap them up or, or shout them down. There's a version of you that doesn't need the applause of man. There's a version of you that can walk in a room and be totally confident. There's a version of you that when people laugh at you, that when people do you wrong, there's a version of you that doesn't get petty, doesn't get upset, doesn't get jealous. There's a version of you that all they see is Jesus. 
And when we're being transformed, we're being transformed back into that. We're being transformed back into that. And the beauty of it is, it's not just for you, but it's for everybody that's attached with you. One of my favorite gospel songs literally says, everything attached to me wins. When, you're, when, when, you're, when that image and likeness is, is awakening within you, it's going to rub off on whoever's attached with you. It's going to rub off on whoever's attached with you. To the point that you're going to find yourself just mentioning it. You're going to find yourself just going into the deeper things of God in random conversation. Behold in the new wine, a.k.a. Jesus, is how we go from water to wine. Looking upon Jesus. Looking upon Jesus. We are, we are looking into a mirror where every feature of his image articulated in Christ is reflected in us. Every ounce of who Jesus is is reflected in us. Amen. Every ounce of Jesus is reflected in us. Thank you, Lord. Come and behold him. Jesus. This week, I want you to, like, if you, you can definitely add that to your playlist. Definitely add that to, you know, whatever, however you listen to it. You can, it's Upper Runes, Maverick City, uh, Community Worship. There's a few more. Just put it on YouTube. Just, just let it play. Just let it play. Lindsay, I don't know the words. That's okay. You, you just do, do like my kids do. They, they make up the words. And you know what? We all do. You may not want to admit it. You singing in the car. You can, and when the part, you know, you're full out, but the other part's just, or, you, or better yet, what they taught us, what they taught us in CWI, when you, when you, when you forget the lyrics, just Jesus, I worship you. <laughs> Jesus, I worship you. A lot of times we watch YouTube and we see all the Bethel bands on. They're just, oh, I worship you. Like, oh, man, they look so spiritual. A lot of them just forgot the lyrics, just letting you know. So that's what you do. When you don't know what else to do, lift them hands. Lift your hands. Find chance. Find opportunity. Create opportunities this week to behold Jesus. I challenge you, church, today, before you lay your head down tonight, sometime between when we leave here and before you lay, behold him. Create an opportunity. Just set a timer on your phone. Give it five minutes. Start out with five minutes. Are you feeling extra? If you're feeling extra festy, then do 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Do something that you're comfortable at and just say, okay, put the turn, uh, uh, what is it, the do not disturb mode on and say, okay, Lord, I'm just going to behold you. And a lot of times what's going to happen, it's going to be a struggle. A lot of times you're going to be thinking about everything else. But don't get discouraged because really his Holy, the Holy Spirit is showing you, hey, these are all the other things that you've beheld over the last few weeks, months, years, decades. This is what we got to get you away from. Don't get overwhelmed because guess what? You got 21 days. You got 21 days for, for what's in you to come on the outside and what's on the outside to shed. You feel that? There's a, there's a deeper place that God's calling us. And we got, we got to taste it today. But that's not all that God has for you. But I believe that if we can, if we can make this type of space our home, then we'll see the crowds come in. But not only will we see the crowds come in, but we'll have something to give them. We'll say, hey. Let me show you what Jesus does. Come on, let's, let's look at him. 
And like I said, we're not just talking about physically looking at him because, yes, physically you can't see him. I'm not saying you need to Google a picture of Jesus. What does Jesus look like? Don't do that. Don't do that. But close your eyes and say, Lord, show me. Show me yourself again. You know, Kellen asked me, I didn't tell you this. Kellen asked me one night last week, he said, and then I will share what the Lord prophetically told me. Kellen asked me, he said, Daddy, why does the, uh, why does the world have to end? And I'm like, this is before bed. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so I said, well, and like the spirit man in me is like, Lord, I need your help. Jesus, I need your help. Because like, I, I don't want to tell him something false. I don't want to brush it away. Because if you ever, if all kids do that, but Kellen definitely is a thinker. He's a thinker and he's a, he's a ponder. He will ponder on something. And even Keenan will. I said, well, buddy, I said, if you're in Jesus, if you, if you made Jesus your Lord, guess what? He, you know what he promises? He's like, what, are, what does he promise? I said, he promises that even when the world looks like it's about to end, that Jesus is going to come and make his home upon the earth. I said, and guess what? The Bible says that when Jesus does that, there will be no more crying. I said, you know, the sickness, you know how when your eyes get swollen, you need eye drops. Yes. I said, you won't need those anymore. Why? Because your body won't get sick. He said, so no more allergies, no more allergies. I said, no more bedtime. You, you like that, wouldn't you? Yeah. I said, I said, Jesus will come and make all things brand new. All things right. I said, so when everything looks like it's about to end, Jesus will come and he will make all things new. I said, and guess what? He said, what? I said, the best part is, I said, you see how me and you are talking about Jesus, but we don't see him? He said, yeah. I said, we will see him. I said, touch daddy's hand. He touched my hand. I said, touch my knee. He touched my knee. I said, you can do that to Jesus. When he comes, you can touch him. Kellen, you can hug. I said, give daddy a hug. He gave me. I said, you can hug Jesus. I said, that's what he's coming to do. He's coming so he can, so you can see him face to face and wrap your arms around him. And he's going to wrap his arms around you, Kelly. You know what he's going to say? He said, what? He's going to say, I am especially fond of you. Now, none of that, that response never would have happened if I hadn't been beholding Jesus prior to that. I'm not saying this to puff my up. I'm saying that, listen. When you behold Jesus, you're going to find ways to practice it if you truly, if you truly gaze upon him. Amen. And, I, and, the, and before he asked me that question, I wasn't spending hours in the prayer closet. I wasn't reading 50 chapters. I was literally thinking about two verses, just two verses. But as I'm folding clothes, as I'm working on, on sweeping up the food that the boys, I'm thinking about these two verses over my head. Like a little ticker tape. It's just, just those two verses. Behold Jesus. Behold Jesus. God's called you to be the wine, not just water. He's called you to go from milk to meat, from water to wine. And this is what it's going to take, church. It's going to take you locking eyes with him and seeing your reflection. It's going to take you locking eyes and feeling his affection. I thought I was going to come unglued and out of my skin up there. I was about to kick the keyboard because I could, I could just I could see see my reflection in him Jesus. I, 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 and seeing his seeing your reflection in him it, it, it's like well why, why would I want to do that because I, I know the mistakes I've made he's more than aware of it but guess what 
when you see your reflection in him, you are seeing the whole version. You are seeing the complete version. You're seeing the version that the sins have been washed away. That the mercy is new every morning. You're seeing, you're seeing the version of yourself that, 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 that the shame that you once had has been washed and wiped away in his mercy. You're seeing the one that his love could be described reckless. You're seeing the one that out of love, he will kick every wall down and tear every and kick every door down just to make sure that you know he's with you. And you need that. You need to feel that. When people tell you no, when people do you dirty, you need to feel his affection. Otherwise, you'll go down a a dark path that you don't want to enter. You need to be able to separate his affection from your fleshly desires. And that's why we fast and pray. Amen. Amen. That's why we fast and pray. If you're able to stand, let's stand to our feet as we, and and we'll do offering in just a minute, but just, just a couple more minutes. If you can, just lift your hands towards heaven. Come on, let's just behold him. Let's just, let's just gaze upon him. Let's just find him fascinating. Let's find him captivating. Oh, Jesus, we love you. We love you, Lord. Jesus, you're so beautiful, Lord. Oh, Jesus, you're so beautiful, Lord. Come and behold him. Isn't he fascinating? Come and behold him. Get lost in his majesty. Come and behold him. Isn't he captivating? We'll keep on singing for all of eternity.